0: Hi, everyone, and thanks for joining us on another episode of the Innovators Podcast. On this episode, we sat down with the executive director of Iowa's Cultivation Corridor, Billy Hunt. Billy graduated from Iowa State and has held jobs with a focus on innovation ever since. During the episode, we talk about her career history, the impact that Cultivation Corridor has, and the importance of an innovative mindset. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy. Welcome back to the Innovators Podcast. I'm here with Billy Hunt, who works for Cultivation Corridor as the Executive Director. Billy, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Hi, Adam. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, I've been with America's Cultivation Corridor for almost four years now. After spending 25 years in the food and ag industry, it's a great opportunity to work with leaders within the industry that are all based right around here and elevate innovation from their businesses but also connect new innovations not only to Iowa but around the world.
0: That's awesome. So, so what kind of like projects have you been working on lately within Cultivation Corridor?
1: Well, so we've been doing a lot of work on elevating innovation and helping people understand that innovation happens every day in the food and ag industry. So, when general people Learn and uh, view agriculture, a lot of them view them like a Hallmark movie, you know, that they portray agriculture as 1960 (laughs) and that nothing has happened since then. Uh, So it's really fun telling the innovation stories and getting that out to people so they understand that innovation does drive sustainability. So when people think about Iowa around the world in agriculture, they think about Norman Borlaug and Henry Mm -hmm. A. Wallace. Um, they may have been the first true innovators in the industry in the state of Iowa, but companies like John Deere, Corteva, Kent, Sukup, REG, they're all innovating every day, bringing new deliverables to the marketplace.
0: Yeah, that's actually such an interesting idea. Every day I on campus, I hear people talking about Iowa and being like, this is not at all what I expected out yeah. of Iowa. I've met someone my freshman year from California, who they were just like astounded that we actually had cities. They thought everything was just a bunch of farmland, which I mean, a lot of it is, but you're so right. There's so much innovation going on. Um, Can you maybe talk about what you do specifically?
1: Well, yeah, so what we do every day is we wake up trying to make those connections. And so today we make connections with international startups to connect with our leaders here to elevate their technology. We've worked with another one of my investors to get them connected into a news opportunity that they're looking for. Uh, All at the same time, we are just, you know, working with the ISU Research Park to say, hey, we have a new lead for you. Go for it. Let's see what happens but then, you know, tomorrow I'll be in Des Moines working from our Des Moines office, doing the same thing with those in Des Moines. But more importantly, just trying to connect everything that's happening in Iowa and in the Midwest to the leadership role that Iowa has. Uh-huh. And you know, just owning it—it's kind of fun. So if you go outside of Iowa, outside of the country, outside of the U.S., everyone knows Iowa is the leader in agriculture. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, living right here, that we're the leader in agriculture. Yeah. And so it's a great job to be a cheerleader every day, but also just to get to lift up an industry that has given me so much, and now I get to give back to it.
0: That's so cool. You—you you guys are kind of like a kind of like a talent scout. For these ag startups.
1: Talent scout for people who want to work here, ag startups coming in. So uh, Cultiva is a big initiative we have right now. So we run two cohorts a year. That is connecting six international startups in each cohort up to 10. We have six in the one right now. Connecting them to the U.S. leadership, which happens to be in our backyard, Iowa, Uh and letting Iowa see the international startups first. And seeing if there's a place for us to help them. Because if their startup's going to be successful, it has to be successful with Iowa farmers. So they know if they can find success here, that they can find it anywhere.
0: Absolutely. Um, So do you want to kind of explain what those uh, Cultiva cohorts are like?
1: So every one of them's different because we have people coming in from different countries. So we have six different countries in this one. So we have Canada, Japan, uh, UK... Germany, Brazil, I'm missing one. I hate it when I start (laughs) listening. I always end up missing one. Uh, But we have cohorts from six different countries. They get together once a week for two and a half hours virtually. And we have curriculum. That curriculum focuses on uh, U.S. supply chain, finance and tax, HR and immigration. Uh, How do you enter the U.S. marketplace? So partnerships, so they learn from... Uh, this time it's been Roger Underwood, someone who started his own company in Iowa and built it by partnerships. And then we also have Myron Stein from Steinseed. You know, his wow. family did their business and they licensed it. So we talk about different ways you can find success by different partnerships in the U.S. So there's a six-week curriculum. In addition to that, the fun part is... We get to connect them then with leaders. So we just got the surveys back from our investors in the corridor and our sponsors, and they want to meet with certain ones. So we'll get those kind of matchmaking. Yeah. You know, speed dating. (laughs) 45-minute conversations. We're asking for each of them. And if it works and they want to carry on that conversation, they can. They also get to meet with faculty members at Iowa State. Because a lot of them need to do R&D. They need data points to get regulatory approvals here. So we help make those connections for them, too. So the idea is when they're ready to scale up and move to the U.S. in, say, two to five years, mm-hmm. they have their relationships and they're ready to go.
0: Dang. That is so cool. It, it's cool how, like, global of a thing it is as well as, like... How local. Oh, yeah. But like isn't is- that
1: agriculture? That's totally agriculture. You know, it's global. Iowa feeds the world. And the state of Iowa produces more in the state boundaries than many European countries do alone. So, you know, we have a responsibility to create innovations to drive the ability to feed the world, but do it in a way that's sustainable and actually brings greater value to all. Yeah. That
0: is, it's so cool. I kind of like my job.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, it's fun.
0: Yeah um so do you kind of want to talk about maybe where where you came from i mean oh my
1: goodness so i'm an iowa girl i grew up in southwest iowa came to iowa state got a degree in something i don't even use now but i got it was called housing in the near environment back in the day it doesn't even exist it was basically residential interior design Mm. so got a job immediately out of school with it hated every moment and I uh, decided if I'm going to stay in Iowa, I was living in Des Moines at the time. If I'm going to stay, it's either finance and insurance. Uh-huh. And as I said earlier, I don't want to be an accountant or agriculture. Well, I grew up on a farm and I convinced people I can do the jobs. So I took my first job in the industry, working for the Des Moines Chamber of Commerce at the time and led their ag programs. Mm. Uh, was lucky that Pioneer and DuPont, Saw me there and said, "Hey, you need to come work for us." And I took a job. I'm like, "Who? I don't know if I want this job." But then a year and a half later, they're like, "We need you to be our lobbyist." Wow. I'm like, "I don't like politics." They're like, "No, you can do it." And you know, 19 years later, I left there, doing state and local level public policy, some federal policy, working with international countries on some policy stuff, and I got to do it all staying here in Iowa. So I got to have impact around the world but i never had to leave home oh that is incredible. now i got to travel which was cool but yeah. i never had to leave home and for people who haven't been to iowa you were talking earlier you know people are always surprised when they get to iowa once they get here they don't want to leave oh yeah uh we get space you know i can walk outside my back door tonight and there isn't a house for probably 100 yards. And I live in an urban area. Mm-hmm. We get space. We get convenience. We get quality education. So once people get here, they never want to leave. Well,
0: and the safety aspect, too. Yes. I mean, it is ideal to raise a family in Iowa because there's just, I mean, there's no crime compared to the other a lot of other states.
1: Correct. You know, we're very blessed.
0: Yeah. So
1: Sometimes it's hard. You don't want to tell people because you don't want them to know how great it is. But at the same time, you can't hide it they right. got to know once they come they they know they know they know we always joked when executives would come in from the east coast that if they were here longer than 2 years their blood turned green to iowa green and they never wanted to go back to the oh east coast where they came from and i have plenty of evidence and stories of families who came and never left
0: it's just so true i mean i feel like every i i, I see every day um all these people that maybe didn't even grow up in Iowa that are staying in Ames after graduation just because they love the area.
1: Well, it's uh, Tracy Ullman on our team. You know, she grew up in Seattle, just north of Seattle. Took a job with John Deere right out of college. They moved her to Waterloo. Mm -hmm. 19 years later, she's still here and raising her family. I don't think she's ever going to leave. That's cool. So very cool stories on that.
0: Yeah. It's cool that when you're with the punt, you kind of had the best of both worlds. You had that like... I can see all these cool countries and get cultured and all that and all those other aspects, but you didn't have to leave home.
1: I can fly home to Des Moines Airport and you know be home within 20 minutes, hug my kids and say, "Oh my goodness, I just worked on that project." Yeah. Uh, so you can have a global career right here in Iowa. Um, you can make anything happen you want. You just have to work hard and navigate, and most importantly. Get to know the friendly people in Iowa. We're called Iowa nice for a reason, and that's because we just want to help everyone succeed.
0: Absolutely. Um, so let's uh, let's jump back to Cultivation Corridor. What's something really uh, interesting that you guys are working on right now?
1: So I would say what we're working on right now is we're gearing up for the next year, and we're really going to focus on sustainability and how sustainability through innovation, not only drives companies' success, it drives farmers' success, but it also drives healthy communities. Mm -hmm. So you're going to see a lot more stuff from us coming out in the next year to 18 months on really helping people understand uh, that there is a lot of innovation going on and that all helps drive sustainability because no farmer is going to take on any new product or any new technology if it's not gonna help with that. That's just the way we are. You know, Farmers own their land, they own uh, what they farm, but they also know that the farmer next to them is important too, and the farmer an hour away, you gotta handle your crops, your livestock properly, because you don't want it to impact others in a negative way. So precision ag tools are really fun right now because all of them are helping farmers get better data so they know how to manage it. you can look at feeding operations for livestock and they're all becoming more sustainable and more impactful feeding animals one by one and understanding each animal's behavior versus looking at a feedlot of 400 so it's so cool whether it's a large operation a small operation innovation is really helping with that
0: that's really cool um it makes so much sense that farmers would be focused Mm -hmm. on sustainability because and like you were saying, like their land is their is their moneymaker. It's so their if, livelihood. If it's not sustainable. It's not going to last. No,
1: correct. Yeah. And so, and they look at it differently. And the information, you know, I grew up on a farm and my dad had a little notebook that he always kept in his um, shirt pocket. I learned at a very young age that was not meant for coloring because he would write down, you know, I'm scouting a field. This is the day. Here's the temp. Here's what's going on. Well, today that's all instantaneous on your cell phone. And so the data provides such great information to help that farmer really do the absolute best mm-hmm. right at their fingertips 24 seven so things that could help this better you're gonna see it uh governor reynolds has done a great job in the state legislature funding broadband so you know every acre of a field needs to be covered you need to have that information instantaneously um, so all of that's not only going to help our farmers but help our communities which makes it easier for someone who maybe is in a larger community now and wants to slow down a bit. They're going to have full access to everything in their backyard. As long as you have a curing. you can make any type of coffee you want. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you drive to the more urban areas when you just want to get out for a night on the town. Exactly. It's going to be great. So for people who want to be teachers, there's great jobs for training spouses in the industry all over the state, and you can be connected immediately.
0: Yeah. it's. I mean, technology is like – the biggest form of innovation that I we have right now i mean it's changing
1: the, it so fast oh
0: yeah i mean farming doesn't look the same as it did 20 years ago Mm-mm. doesn't look the same as it did 10 years ago no
1: and so you know in the industry i think it's really interesting because if people look at like say 2000 to 2010 everything at that point was bigger faster better and then all of a sudden if you're in the industry you have felt it you have seen it it's starting to move to easier, smarter, more sustainable. Um, Because we achieved production, but ironically, we're still able to do that because innovation has allowed us to keep these higher yields, better fed animals. But now we can do it easier, smarter, and more sustainable. So it is really changing. The hard part is everything, especially, you know, Adam, I'm looking at you, your generation likes things Instantly, right? Because you've grown up with your smartphones, right? I have two boys at home, they want everything now to make the big shift in the environment. This is going to take time, it's not a light switch, it doesn't go on and off. But farmers are adopting things at faster rates than we ever expected in the industry, and all of those things are driving sustainability. So, we'll get there, we'll get there, we'll have great impact. Uh, it's really kind of exciting to think about what it's going to look like in another 10 years, another 15 years. Yeah, uh, It's going to be fun.
0: You don't know what's going to happen, honestly. No. Um, so what do you look for then in terms of innovation? Like when you're out looking at all these startups, like what are so you looking for?
1: What we're looking for in Iowa in particular, we're going to our core strengths. So plant science, animal science, biomass. We have probably the second overall biomass. But if you take out forestry, we're number one in biomass production in this country. We're looking at precision agriculture. We're looking at small and medium manufacturing in particular. And we're looking at food production and vaccines and immunotherapy. So there's a lot of things that just are natural here mm-hmm. uh, that can make a difference for easier success here. Now, if there's a big tobacco innovation out there, you know we could say, hey, we can help you with it. But you need to be where your customers are. So we'll let that be to the North Carolinas, the states down in the south. But up here in the Midwest, those are where we're number one or number two. And there's really no strong competition when you put it all together with what we deliver. In the country, California is the number one exporter. And food and egg products, we're number two. you so when you look at California, they got the fruits and vegetables. They got some of that stuff that we don't have, but we're number two overall. But number one in pork, we're number one in corn, number one or two depending on the year in soybeans. So we have it all here, so why not? Now, one thing people don't know, and I always love telling this stat, if you put a center point in the center of Iowa and you drew, drew a circle around a six-hour radius between That six hour radius, you get every soil type, practically every type of weather condition you could get. We don't get a hurricane on that, but I don't really want a hurricane. Yeah. I mean, we did last year. We (laughs) did last year and we don't want another one, do we? (laughs) So within that six hour radius, you get every soil type, you get livestock conditions, you get everything you need to know how your product's going to be successful. No other part of the country can say that. Right. Right. And so it is pretty appealing when you're dealing with international startups. You know, we always tell them, pick the state that you're going to find the most success And Sometimes it's not us. You know, we're, we're honest with that. Yeah. And then we connect them where we can. But here you're going to get all those connections. And again, Iowa is number one in so many things. So come be with the leaders. Yeah. And find success.
0: Why not start there? And if, if yeah. it doesn't work out, go, go where else. it does. else. Exactly. And it, it makes sense that you guys would be kind of in the vein of go where go where it makes sense for you. Because, I mean, at the same time, you want to be bringing in people that make sense for you. Like, yeah. Like, if they're not working here, then go somewhere well, that they are.
1: you know, we can <laughs> give every tax incentive. We can do whatever we want to land a business. hmm but if it doesn't make sense, if it's not near your customers, right. why? Exactly. Because we want people here that are going to be successful and love it. Mm-hmm. Now, still, you can come here, but it's going to be harder to get that.
0: Yeah. No, that makes so much sense. Um, so what is uh, what has it been like working between Des Moines and the Research
1: Park? Oh, my goodness. Um they laugh when I walk in here because they're like, you always have more bags than anyone. <laughs> so I keep my offices in the bags. Um, it's kind of fun because every, you know, our Des Moines office provides more of an urban environment. And there's a lot of people that just are there that we meet with. But up here we get the college vibe. We get to be, you know, a little bit, I feel more hip yeah. because I'm hanging out with the kids. I learn new terms that I go home and share with my high schoolers. <laughs> and they're like, oh, mom, don't try to be cool. Uh but you know, it's just different environments. But at the end of the day, the best part is they're great people everywhere. Yes. Great people everywhere.
0: Yeah, I mean, we—I know our intern team is pretty diverse. Oh, um,
1: that you guys I, are! I love watching you guys. Yeah. Honestly, the favorite part up here at the research park is how we're housed is there's the intern aisle and oh my goodness it's so fun watching but then i feel really old too (laughs)
0: yeah we just i mean we love the office environment too Mm -hmm. i I totally get what you're saying in terms of everyone is just even the even the adults who are not in college kind of have that college vibe about them too and it's just very cool so did you say
1: i have a college vibe oh for sure i got it can't wait to tell my kids yeah you should
0: (laughs) definitely tell them that um, I did
1: wear a quarter sip yeah. research park thing today, so I must be cool.
0: In style. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what is it? what's it like working so closely with the university then?
1: Oh, my goodness. So I swore up and down I am an Iowa State fan inside and out. And when I left Iowa State, never missed a basketball game, loved everything about it. But when you come back and you get to partner with them – nowhere have I found I mean every day I'm amazed because I keep finding new things. Yeah. And, you know, it's fun to watch the College of Business, the College of Engineering, and the College of Ag working on a solution for one of our companies. You know, the way the university and the colleges work together, that is something I uh it I was I didn't expect it. Yeah. But it is so much fun to work through it and to watch them collaborate and watch them help industry. You know, Iowa State University is a land-grant university. They're here to help all 99 counties. So, yeah, you know that there's extension services. All of that is there. But I'm constantly amazed with the partnerships and how the colleges engage with the communities around the state. That's probably been the biggest thing that surprised me. But it makes me even more proud of the institution I graduated from. Yes,
0: I totally agree. It's so cool to see the university like put themselves in those in the rest of the community. I yeah. mean, looking at David Spaulding, yes. he he's got the business school, mm-hmm. but then he's also huge within the research park. You know, and you have so many crossovers there, and even beyond that too. I mean, yeah, you're seeing those programs being incorporated well, all across D- Iowa. Well, Dean
1: Dan Robeson and I have been emailing back and forth on something that, you know, is important to David Spaulding too. So you get all of that together. You bring in the new vice president uh, or vice provost of research, Peter Dorhot. He is amazing too. Um, so it's just fun to see uh, that the university does produce great graduates. Yeah. Uh, but they also work so closely with the businesses that these graduates go work for that our graduates are prepared for any job they take and the industry knows how important it is to tie into the university to foster those relationships too. So it's just fun. I got a it fun is. job.
0: It is. It's awesome that you uh, that you get to go to the games too. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> you know that that football game last weekend was just electric, oh, so that was it a It was good time.
1: crazy. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully another bowl game this year, right? Hopefully. 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 Hopefully a good one.
0: Oh, my gosh, yes. Yeah. I would love that.
1: Any game's a good one. Because <laughs> when I was at Iowa State, we didn't even know what a bowl game was. So it's fun <laughs> that we get to go regularly now. Absolutely, it is. Um, so how is how has
0: Iowa State changed since you've been here?
1: Oh, my goodness. Um, it's so much fun seeing the collaboration between the colleges It is so cool seeing how entrepreneurship and innovation not only is a priority for President Winterstein, but seeing how each college is bringing that in and doing stuff. And the College of Ag was one of the leaders on that. So it's fun watching that. The Student Innovation Center is phenomenal. Oh yes. um, So I encourage any of my alumni friends, if you haven't seen it yet, you have to come see it. And personally, I like the Business College Brew Ice Cream the best over there. It has coffee in it. So that's a good afternoon perk. But it's just fun to see that. But also, just the campus town area is more urban than it was before. Uh, Seeing all the apartments just popping up everywhere so close to campus, Mm -hmm. that environment's fun. So, I don't know. I was excited the other day when I said to my uh, sophomore, we got to go do a college visit. He goes... Well, I'm just going to go to Iowa State, aren't I? So I'm like, <laughs> oh, hey, there we go. I'm like, well, no, you're going to tour a couple, so it is. It isn't that mom forced you to go there; or you chose to go there. Absolutely. But you know, he he sees the excitement. He hears me talk about it every night. He's like, well, why wouldn't I just go there?
0: Yeah, and you can't doubt the campus beauty.
1: Oh, so my husband did not graduate from Iowa State. He graduated from a land grant university, a state west of here, mm. and. uh One time I was at one of their football games. I'm like, oh, it's nice that you live in the past when they did the tunnel walk. And he goes, (laughs) football is what we have. You have a whole beautiful campus. So, you know, coming from someone who didn't like me with my statement to say we had a beautiful campus at the same time. It's amazing, especially in fall. Fall is my favorite time on campus. Oh,
0: absolutely. Today was the most beautiful day. I was walking back from classes today, and I was just watching the leaves fall off the trees. They're all orange and and they're kind of crunchy,
1: and and they're Iowa State colors, right? It's just like it's meant to be.
0: It was awesome. Um, So then how has, like, the ag industry changed since your time with DuPont and, you know, growing up? How has it changed? So,
1: oh, my goodness. I go back to growing up on the farm, and – you know, my dad had an eight-row planner. I think we went up to a 12 maybe, yeah. uh, and that was huge. And this morning as I was driving by the core facility of the research park, you look out and you see the John Deere sprayers, yeah. and you see what they're doing in collaboration with Iowa State on that project. And if you haven't been in one of their tractors and watched the sprayers, so back in the day you would just broadcast spray, meaning you would just take a pesticide and spray everything. Mm -hmm. or herbicide spray everything they're working on again innovation drives sustainability they're working on a spot sprayer over there and i've seen it work and it is so crazy cool so as they are driving over to the field to spray for weeds it doesn't spray until it sees a weed and it sprays just that weed wow so that's more sustainable right innovation driving sustainability the farmer's getting greater value because they're not wasting money on inputs that aren't needed for a certain area. It's just treating that weed, and it is f- amazing. You can sit in the tractor, and it's driverless. I mean, you, you have to sit there and be in it, but you really don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. There are tractors now with TVs in them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my goodness. I might have stayed in farming if I knew it was going to be like this. Yeah. So, you know, that's just one example of how things have changed over the years. You know, I grew up on a cow-calf operation, and, you know, we had 100 head of cattle in our feedlot at a time. And, you know, you would know if one was sick just by their body movements or if, you know, I hate to use the word diarrhea on a podcast, <laughs> but, you know, that's pretty obvious <laughs> when a cow has that. And now you can monitor – an animal's health by basically a Fitbit around their leg, and you can see if their gait has changed. Wow. You can see if their temperature is going up. Um, there's the company in Israel that does uh, basically video imaging nonstop of animals, so you can see if they you know if they start breathing differently. Just like their technology when you go through the Tel Aviv airport, they can spot you and notice if you're someone that is anxious or not. They can do the same thing with livestock. It's crazy cool. Now, it's not implemented in the U.S. yet, but it will be at some point. And that's kind of cool. Because no one wants animals to be in poor health, right? Right. So this allows for optimum health of an animal.
0: Absolutely, it does. I mean, that accuracy is just kind of crazy. Like Mm -hmm. how they can pinpoint such small details that before just kind of got ignored because it wasn't. It wasn't possible. Capable,
1: no. And with satellite technology now, you can do all this stuff. Right. Which makes me think, do they know how much I weigh? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows?
0: That's, hope not.
1: Hope not. Hope not.
0: Um, so we've, we've used this word a lot. It's in the title of our podcast. So what does innovation mean to you?
1: Creating a solution to something that is causing a hardship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my dad, I always laugh... I called him a great innovator. He can fix anything with a roll of duct tape. You know, something's causing a problem. You figure out how to solve it. Um, In today's world, it's identifying what those pinch points are where, you know, especially right now, anything in supply chain, if you can find something to help solve supply chain issues, even if it's just one small part of it, Mm -hmm. perfect innovation, you know, doing things differently through innovation will allow to greater optimization and, you know, they could say, we can give you a better hair color. Great. You know, everyone wants a better hair color, but my hair color doesn't cause me grief every day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if there is an innovation that could help me with balancing my kids' calendars, their homework calendars, my husband's calendars, all of that. That's why these cell phones and smartphones, Ooh, I called it a cell phone. That tells you my age. <laughs> smartphones have been successful because they've helped people manage their life better.
0: Right. I mean, it, yeah, I, th- I think you're so right there. Do you think that everyone has the capacity to be an innovator then?
1: Oh, I think everyone has the capacity to come up with solutions. I don't believe everyone has the capacity to take on the risk.
0: Mm. And what what do you think that risk would be?
1: Oh, failure, yeah. uh, money, saying you're going to do something and it doesn't turn out. It's just like, I could—I don't think I could ever run for public office because I'd hate to have my name on a sign and then I don't win. And everyone knows you didn't win. Yeah, You know, so my husband and I laugh a lot because I'm fairly risk averse. But it's so fun getting to work with all these startups and I don't have a penny in it. You know, I just get to help them be successful. So there takes a lot of risk to do it. It takes a lot of time and energy. Not everyone is willing to do that.
0: Right. Yeah, well... Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Billy. Oh, thanks,
1: Adam. This was
0: fun. Yeah, it was fun. Um, Well, I think we're going to be meeting with Tracy. Yes, I can't wait. So a
1: future podcast on Cultivos. So that will be really fun. Um, And she's new to our team. Again, 20 years in the industry. And she is phenomenal. So you'll have fun with Tracy.
0: Yeah, I can't wait. Well, thank you so much. And I mean, I'll be seeing her on the office. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and our new space coming up soon. So it'll be good.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you and have a great day.
1: You too. Thanks.